On this episode of Her Wild Outdoors, Jennifer Yates joins me from Chicago, and we're going to talk about what it's like to be a non-hunter supporting a new hunter in our community. So listen in, find out what you should do as a hunter in order to support them as well, and how communication is the key. Okay, everybody, thank you for joining me for a Her Wild Outdoors episode with Jen Yates. Jen, thank you for joining me. Hello. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super stoked that you um, asked me to do this podcast with you. So thank you. It's going to be a blast. We've so Alan and I have kind of followed each other since I first got on social media with hunting. And for those who don't know, Alan Yates is Jen's husband. Um, and he is the journey to the hunt dude that you see out there on the Instagrams and everything. But Jen and I kind of connected through Alan and Alan and I connected through a group of hunters supporting each other kind of at the beginning of his journey. And so um, I was excited to have you on. We've been talking about it and figuring out schedules and I'm so glad it worked out. (laughs) I know. And it was funny because I told Alan, yeah, when we decided we were going to be able to uh, do this tonight, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to do this podcast with Amy. He goes, that's my friend. (laughs) He has to share. <laughs> he was totally joking, but it was so cute how he said it. He's like, I think that's fantastic. And and he's really excited for to hear what I have to say, too, on the other side of, you know, hunting and how it is being um, a wife, like a, of someone who hunts. Who does, I'm a wife who doesn't hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, if you take it back to the basics of it, we're, we're both women talking about uh the same thing just from different viewpoints and and i think that the listeners will see that it's not the negative side we are both supporters of uh the people in our lives that are hunters so i'm excited to hear um hear that part of it, but I kind of want you to give us a little intro to you and who you are, because you as an individual to me, you're very important. And so I kind of want to hear who you are and then a little bit about how the outdoors does impact your life, because that's a, that's a big part of how you view hunting as well. So give us just a little bit of background on you. Sure. Um, so my name's Jennifer Yates. I am turning 43 this summer. Woo-hoo. 40s has been like the best. Yeah, it's Truly. been like the best years of my life. Yes, <laughs> I agree. They're pretty fun. Yeah. And um, I'm a mom. I've got two two kids. My Our son, Eric, uh, just turned 20 and our daughter, Brianna, just turned 14. They're amazing human beings. Um, we're so blessed and so fortunate to have these amazing kids in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, met Alan. We've been together now just about 20 years. Yeah. And um, yep, I met him. Um, you know, I was actually a single mom and um, with Eric and he literally, we connected and it was kind of one of those love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> I love and that. It was really fun. And actually, if you ask him, he'll be like, yeah, Jen was the one that, you know, kind of came after me. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll let you have that. It's true. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, So he's an amazing 
he, you know, ended up being someone that stepped into an really important role. Um, again, like I said, I was a single mom mm-hmm. and I wasn't looking for, you know, I was looking for a real relationship and someone who could love my son just mm-hmm. as much as I, I do, you know, and, um, Alan did that. And so, you know, we've been together 20 years and throughout those 20 years, we've had, you know, an amazing relationship. We've, we've had quite a few moves. We are originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, we live now in Chicago. We've been out here about six years. Um, I recently have, I am actually a health and wellness, um, advocate for doTERRA, which is essential oils, which I, I love what holistic has done for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so for, there was a period about eight years of my life that I had, um, I was addicted to, uh, narcotics. That was, uh, it was actually, um, um, Adderall pain pills. And it was, it was really tough. It was a really tough part of my life. Um, but long story short on that, I was able to come around even stronger than ever out of that. And it happened with, you know, holistic and natural intervention, which has been amazing. So I'm a big, big fan, um, of natural holistic lifestyle. That's awesome. So, Yeah. So that's, and then recently, most recently, probably in the last couple of years, I, um, taken up a passion of, you know, working out. So Mm -hmm. I've integrated, you know, nutrition and exercise and, you know, meditation, those sort of things has really become a powerball for my health. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's kind of, if you think about it, if you think, because I've had, uh, I've had people in my life who have kind of been on that same path as you. And so mm-hmm. when you think about your health and about your physical well-being and what you are putting into your body, uh, whether it's through oils or through food or exercise, whatever you're doing and putting into your body, it's kind of the opposite of what you were doing, but it's still filling, oh, yeah. right? But yeah, it's just absolutely. not an empty filling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it was really, you know, I explained to someone the other day, there was, there was such, there was such a, a, a feeling of like, um, and I was, I was fighting, you know, depression and mm-hmm. I was just looking, I was really looking for a way to, I was a new mom again, you know, we, we were blessed with our beautiful baby girl and, mm-hmm. you know, I was going through new mom stuff and there was, you know, a lot of factors there that, um, kind of put me in a, in a, in a deep state of depression. Yeah. And so I was looking for a quick fix mm-hmm. because I was so tired, you know, but what was, what was really hard, you know, I look back at that now. Um, and you, you know, there, there's not anything I would change. You know, people say they would change things and I wouldn't because it's made me so strong. Like yeah. it, it's made me who I am today. Um, but I look back and I go, no one really kind of guided me to, you know, look, Jen, let's, let's look, let's take a look at your nutrition because you are literally, you know, malnourished. I I had eaten a really poor, poor diet because I was living on Mountain Dew and gummy rings for, you know, that's terrible. (laughs) And, uh, but I, you know, no appetite, living off caffeine, trying to have energy. So that's, Mm -hmm. it was just kind of a big old circle of downward spiral. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the thing that has, uh, we, with allergies and stuff in our family, we've had to figure out 
how to cook differently, how to uh, bring nutrition into our lives while leaving some things out. And through that process of learning, I've realized that along my journey as an adult, especially after having children, it was how can I get back to a certain weight? How can I get back to a certain weight? How can I, um, and normally like my head would always go straight to eat less calories, eat less calories, eat less calories, eat less, eat less, eat less. When in fact, (laughs) it is the opposite. You have to fuel your body. You have to fuel your body so that it has the energy to then go and move. And that's how you take care of your body. Oh my God, you nailed it on the head. So it's something that I've learned, you know, since I've picked up this um, passion of working out. I've got... I'm part of a, an, an amazing CrossFit community mm-hmm. here and I've learned so much in the last, you know, I think this is my, I think this is my third year with them. And, um, it is, it couldn't be more close. It's, it, you nailed it. You have mm-hmm. to eat to feel the body. Yeah. And so that was something I really lacked and I didn't realize it was so damaging to my mental health yes. as well as my physical, um, you know, my physical strength. And, that was something that was just, I, I, I watched that happen and change for me when I learned how to take care of my body and, and really fuel it with the nutrients mm-hmm. and like the nutrition it needed. Yeah. Instead of depriving your body of what it needed, you're giving it what it needs and it actually yeah. performs like it's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. simple is that? And yet our brain is so wired the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's another reason why, um, I'm a huge supporter of, you know, the hunting community and Mm -hmm. what Alan does, you do, because that's another portion, a huge portion of that is we, it's, it's fresh, fresh to table, you know, and I, it's kind of like, once you've gone down the hole of learning about nutrition, the rabbit hole, you can't unsee what you've seen. (laughs) No. And you don't want to go back. You don't. And honestly, our bodies can't go back. We try to eat things that we buy from the grocery store meat wise and our bodies kind of reject it. Yeah, absolutely. Even the, it's this, we, I see it for ourselves too. Alan, it's kind of funny. Alan will laugh because if I eat something that's, you know, some, uh, white processed sugar Mm -hmm. and it's really got some junk in it, I feel it like instantly, instantly. I feel like crap, you know, I feel swollen in my joints. I feel lethargic. I feel tired. And it's just, it's your, like you said, your body just, it refuses it. It's mm-hmm. like, why are you doing this to me? You know, yeah. it knows now <laughs> the good stuff, it so knows. <laughs> but even but our it, kids will say that they'll, they'll say, mm, I don't, I'd rather have this tonight, or I'd rather have that tonight because I know how that's going to make me feel. And right. so we're starting a whole new generation of, of, I don't, maybe we're kicking that mindset by re-educating ourselves and then that's re-educating our children or even just starting them off with the better way of looking at it. I don't know. My, my mom through the eighties and nineties, it was lower calories, lower calories, um, aerobics. It was, you know, take the uppers, try to keep your energy up. And that's how you just starved your body. And 
I guess that's kind of where I picked it up from was that late 80s, early 90s uh, mindset of aerobics and sweating everything off instead of fueling it. And so hopefully we can change that for our kids. Yes. It's, it's like breaking that generational curse. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree with you. It was, I remember mom, my mom was, uh, you know, it was diet. Remember everything was diet. Yes. So there was the fake sugars and everything. And even my dad and her had gone through like a, uh, like a slim fast period of time of their life. And it was just like, it, it, they were just in, lacking nutrition and yeah. it was doing quite the opposite for them. So mm-hmm. it's been a really, um, it's been really powerful to, you know, teach our ki- our children too that they they've seen the transformation with myself and they've even seen the transformation with Alan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I kind of went off the rails when I first went down the natural holistic path, um, which they'll tell you they were like, yeah, she was a little crazy there for a second, but <laughs> you kind of have to engross I mean, yourself yeah. in it to learn, and then you kind of start totally balancing. Did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally did. I immersed myself like, like the deep sea. It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I mean, we ditched everything. I made them ditch. We ditched t- candles. We ditched deodorant. We ditched GMOs and food coloring. I went on, but it was because I had gone down the research rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I was kind of just shocked. I was, and no one has ever really taught me no. about those things, um, you know, not by anyone's fault. It's just, uh, it, it was a learning process. So now that I've learned, we, we live a really good 80, 20, you know, mm-hmm. we still live, we still have our fun. I let, you know, we have our, our junk food, we have our ice cream, we have our takeout, we do the things here and there, you know, but it's learning that, um, and, and us teaching our kids, um, that it's a, it's learning to have that balance. Right. Right. There's, there's nothing wrong with, like, I, I don't even like calling them cheat days anymore because it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. So, um, I, we just want to eat good food. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And sometimes you just want to have that, you know, sometimes you just want to have that That Girl Scout cookie. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong (laughs) Mm -mm. with it because it's, it's everything in moderation. Right. Well, a friend of mine, it was, uh, she's a nutrition, um, co- co- uh, nutrition coach. And she had said to me, you know, cheat days, it makes it sound bad. It yeah. makes it sound like you're doing something wrong and you're not, mm-hmm. you're, you're having yourself a little indulging and that's okay. But you just, you, you put that into perspective of the fact that it's in moderation. It's not something you're going to do every day. Right. So. Right. Um, so you kind of linked into just a little bit about how the hunting lifestyle has, has helped with that balance, has helped with that lifestyle change. Now take us back to when Alan was like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I want to know what you were thinking when he went, Hey, I think this is something I want to do. It's so funny because he, so from the day that I've met Alan, he's got this real, um, he's always had like a real farm boy, strong, you know, mountain man in the woods kind of, um, heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've always loved that. And he's always had this appreciation for nature. 
really always interested in, you know, hikes. I remember this is kind of just a quick side story, but I remember him, him and I going for a hike out here for the first time we moved out to Illinois and we went in this off to off on game path. We were on a game path. Mm -hmm. And I remember, (laughs) I remember being like, Oh my goodness, dear Lord, we are so far in. I don't even know where we are. (laughs) And Alan was just like super confident. You know, he had his walking stick and we were in some tall, like, cattails grass it was it was it was hot it was like summer and i remember him turning and going don't move and we were literally facing this enormous buck and i was scared out of my mind (laughs) but he was so calm and he was so cool and he was so collected and uh you know he had his walking stick and he just kind of rattled the stick and the buck went running off but i'm telling you like from day one he's always had this this love for, you know, nature. Mm-hmm. So when he said that, I honestly wasn't surprised. Yeah. I was not surprised. It wasn't. He's so, um, so he wanted to get himself. Um, we had gone on a date night. We had tried an archery place out here. Um, I had a ton of fun. He had a ton of fun. And he was like, this is how I want to learn how to hunt. Mm-hmm. And so he went with the, um, the cross, the bow, and he self-taught himself. I was really, really impressed by his dedication, his, his passion for it. You know, he set up in the, we live in a suburb and he set up in the driveway into our garage. And yeah. I was like, you can probably check with the police and see. If yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But he self-taught himself and mm-hmm. he did it, you know, he did it on his off time after work or we're just sitting, you know, in the yard uh, in an afternoon, he would just kind of practice, practice, practice. So when he said that I was, I was really excited for him. I also was not surprised. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Alan, since, since meeting Alan, which we have never met in person and that's going to change. Uh, but yes. since sure. Alan and I got to know each other, it has, Alan's the all or nothing kind of guy it yes. is it, it's not he doesn't half-ass anything it is pure passion going into it and it's very inspiring it's something that I was coming in as a even though I was an adult when I started hunting I had been hunting for about five five years when uh, I connected with Alan and uh, it was it was inspiring enough to kind of kickstart the fire again. And I think that that's what happens when you're around new hunters and you've been yeah. hunting for a while. You get you get that that charge that oh, I it's it's just I don't know, it ignites the fire again. And that truly happened getting to know him and then he would talk about you all the time and it was I was like, okay, we're we're meant to be friends. This is yeah. <laughs> we're not absolutely <laughs> we're just meant to be friends. And uh, but there was a huge amount of respect for what he was doing because it wasn't just him going out and practicing, it was him sharing that with us and sharing the tough parts of it and sharing the, oh crap, I messed up, like the real. And I think that that's where I went, okay, all right, this is, I I like this guy. This is something that I can respect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I think 
and part and throughout our relationship too, you know, we've always, I'm also very much all or nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a very spontaneous person. Sometimes I make those quick decisions and, and it's, but it, it's just my nature. It's who I am. And I think we, yeah. we both are like that, which is kind of like, it, it makes it for a lot of fun, you know, when you just yeah. jump in two feet mm-hmm. and, um, he really did. And he wasn't afraid to show like how this, the, the mistakes he made along the way mm-hmm. or, you know, and he's had some, uh, some really interesting stories yes. of his beginnings. And, you know, as his wife, looking from the outside, I, I, it, I hurt for him because obviously, you know, you see someone working towards, uh, uh, some working on something so hard mm-hmm. and like he had a really tough experience for his, one of his first hunting trips. Um, it didn't go the way he was expected No, not or at just, all. you know, yeah. yeah, he was really like, I mean, that was a really, for a first experience, most people would throw in the towel and be like, this isn't for me, but he carried, he pushed forward, but he also had you guys as an amazing community to say, this isn't how it is, buddy. Like you've got to have the real first experience. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely not it. And so between the community of you guys, his friends and, you know, and myself, he just, he's, he's, he's an amazing he is an amazing, inspire, inspiring person, and he does share. He shares the good, he shares the bad. So, yeah, I'm really proud of him for that. Yep, there's there is a difference between hunters out there on social media, and I didn't know that before. You know, hunting before getting on Instagram, I didn't honestly, I didn't know any other women who hunted first, and second, it was like maybe three men that I knew who were hunting around me. And uh, and so to get on Instagram, and I think Alan and I have talked about this before in our group, it was, it's overwhelming because all of a sudden you're inundated with, you need to try this, you need to try this, this product, this right. product. If you go into a big box store, they want to sell you everything. And right. as a new hunter coming in, on social media, I could only imagine how overwhelming it was. And I remember having conversations of, but they said it worked for them when in actuality they were just being paid to say that. And so I think he and I, even though I had been hunting for a little bit longer, he and I both were learning how to kind of field that social media together uh, in the hunting community. And so um, we had a lot of the same questions coming into it, which is great because you're not you're not asking a question going, am I the only one asking this? I was sitting there going, oh, thank God he asked it to right because I didn't know. And I knew what had, had been working for me, but I thought, well, maybe that would make it better. Maybe that would make it easier. Or And it was hearing some of the people who had been on social media with hunting for a while for them to say, okay, no, you're going to have to do some investigating on your own. And you're going to have to really find the people that you can trust who are going to have your back through the good and the bad and to tell you what you need and what you don't need. 
And then being the wife on the outside, I'm mm-hmm. like, we're not here to blow $4,000 on hunting equipment if we don't even know you're going to be good at it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I, I can 100% you know, stand behind that. Like it's, and you know, social media is really, there's so many, um, opportunity. There's so many great products out there. Like even we're in the world, we're in the world of doing, um, you know, I love my training in my gym. So there's all these cool things, you know, there's shoes and belts and wraps and all these fun things and supplements. And so it's like the same thing. You've got to do your investigating Mm -hmm. and you've got to do your picking and choosing of what is the actual items that you need when it comes down to it too. You have, if you have the meat and potatoes of, of, of what you need to get started, that's, that's where you start with, you know? Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. I think that I remember him asking, and I think he brought you up in that conversation was, um, the, the overall consensus was just because you don't have everything doesn't mean you can't start. Right. Yeah. And I think that that was something that he had to get his mind wrapped around and that yeah. I had to get my mind wrapped around, but I think that everybody hits that. It's to get started, you don't need everything. And right. that goes all across the board, just like you were saying with CrossFit, with right. whatever. You can you don't have to wait to start your passion, the thing that you love, until you have everything. Cause Lord knows there's way too much out there for you to feel like you could ever have any everything. Amen to that. And the other thing is like, if you felt that way, you would never start. No. If you felt that way of, I need this to get started, you would never go for it. You just mm-hmm. wouldn't start. So it's something that um, I thought was was great that he got, he did. He was able to start with that, with his bow and mm-hmm. um, case and a few things that were necessary to get started with, you know, it was, it was really fun to watch himself teach himself too mm-hmm. in our driveway. Yeah. You know? No, it's very inspiring. It was, was. I was going, dude, you are rocking it out there. And um, everybody was just, any time that you saw or talked to Alan, it was just this big, huge smile on his face and so much excitement. And and you still see that. I want to know when he called you the first time he got a deer. Yeah. <laughs> it was really emotional. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was really emotional and again, I fully support, you know, what he's doing and his his standpoint is if there's a feeling there for him that he is providing for mm-hmm. his family but it's with his own two hands right. and and like again, the love and appreciation he has for nature and the fact that he's the respect he has for the animal, the respect he has for, you know, our, our, our woods and being in nature and just soaking it all up. It was so emotional for him because ultimately it's taking a life of a, Mm -hmm. of a living animal, you know, which is hence the reason that I just, he's asked me to come. And I think one day I will join him. I'm just not ready yet. You know, and I, but I respect what he does and I respect the animal. And so it was such an emotional moment for him. And he called me and it was, it was, it was, he was choking those tears. Like he was yeah. really grateful. There's mm-hmm. gratitude. Yeah. It's gratitude. Well, you know? we've, I've always said, and even with my kids, when they've been out 
hunting and when they've taken an animal, both of them have responded differently. And it's because everybody across the board, everybody goes into that moment not knowing who they're going to be on the other side of it. Because like you said, it is taking a life and there is a sense of grief that comes across it because we are animal lovers and we are respectful of what we are hunting. We have researched and studied these animals. We have learned their patterns. We have seen where they bed. We have seen where they eat. We have seen as they have bred. We We have been a part of their lives. And so to be able to then make the choice to take an ethical shot on this animal, you you will have to process through that. And right. it doesn't, like even talking to you and telling you when you do make that choice to go with him and being a part of that, it you have to allow yourself to go through that. Even if you're right. not taking the shot, uh, it's still one of those you're still processing through it. It's why we always required our kids to see a hunt from the beginning to the end, from the shot, you know, from being out there, the shot taken and the butchering and processing of it. And that's because we want them to, to know what it's going to feel like being on that side, because then we need to allow them to feel and process when they actually do make that decision themselves. And then he's, you know, and that's, it's so much truth to to that because he'll, he'll have the videos of his last, you know, few successful hunts. And I honestly, I can't watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he's okay with that. So yeah. I'm like, you know, and what's, what's really cool is he'll let me know if he's posting something in his stories because he knows how much it, it doesn't, I don't know how to explain it. Like it doesn't bother me, but it bothers me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I just, it's just that I just am it's something I, I don't, I don't visually want to see. And yeah. I, but I, again, I have, I eat meat and I respect the animal and mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, oh, as long as you're doing it. <laughs> right. It's not, you're not but, discounting the process. You're not exactly. ignoring how it's happening. You just, it's a choice I, not to view it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, again, I, I listen to his stories. Like I listen to the because as, as hearing it from a, from a speaking story side of it is a lot easier to yeah. process because you're not seeing it. So mm-hmm. I, I listen and I, mm-hmm. I hear his, his story and how it happens and the work that goes into that and how it's processed and, you know, how many, what it took to get it, that animal out of the woods. And so I listen, but I, I'm not quite ready to see it. So I said, when I'm ready to see it, through your camera, I think then I'll know I'll be ready to see it on an actual hunt with mm-hmm. you, you know? Yep. So, yeah. but he, he really, again, that phone call, that first phone call, it's actually, it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite awesome because each time he has a successful hunt, I'm definitely he, the first phone call and mm-hmm. you, you could just hear it's like childlike yeah. happiness. Yeah. It's, it's giddy, but it's also... Um, again, that processing of, of gratitude that he's just so overwhelmed with pure joy and happiness and grateful for the animal that's provide meat for our family. Mm -hmm. That you can almost hear the shaking going on on the other side of it. Yeah. 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 
And you just know because there's so much work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. There's so much, there's so much, um, uh, preparation. There's so much, uh, physical work and mental work and, you know, fix moving around schedules or whatever there is that goes into it. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so, it affects great- your family. It affects the dynamic yeah. of it. It's kind of like when you're adding something else to the schedule, whether it's a kid's, you know, sporting thing that they've gotten involved in or an academic thing right. that they've gotten involved in, theater, whatever it is for a kid, adding that into our family each time you kind of have to there there's some groans in that, in that right. making room. And so with two hunters in the house, well, now we've got four hunters in the house figuring out schedules, <laughs> figuring right. out who goes with who, if the kids don't want to go, who draws the straw to stay. And, um, but it, it, it does have a sense of sacrifice. It's, you know, the, sure. the season isn't <laughs> one part of the year. It is a right. full it, it fully encompasses the whole year between preparation and the work that goes into prepping four seasons. And there's so many different things you can hunt. And uh, so it is a lifestyle change that affects a family schedule when you're not all hunters or even if you right. are all hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's nice. It's nice that, um, you know, we both give – that space for each other to have our own passion and like really going after what, 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 what is the weekend for fun look like for myself as opposed to what's a weekend of fun aside from being together. Mm -hmm, Right. So each other that space too is kind it's important and it's not something we always did in our relationship. So this was something that was part of our growing years, I guess, and maturity, um, in our relationship, but giving each other that space and respecting what the other likes to do for fun. Um, aside from being again, like I said, together, mm-hmm. it really makes this relationship stronger. It just, it gives, it gives it a stronger bond that you're like, okay, I had a great time this weekend. You had a great time this weekend. Now we get to, you know, have our, our time together next weekend. So, right. The, I've talked to many people, mainly women, because that's who I have conversations with, whether it's friends or new friends or, you know, people that I've come into contact with, but I, I mean, going back to our age, I feel like the 30s were kind of that push into who am I? Yeah, for sure. The 20s, I was just trying to be everybody else. And then the 30s were, I am exhausted of trying to be like everybody else. And as you move into your late 30s, you start going, okay, I, I can't be that person that other people think I am any longer. I, uh, yes. I, or I can't find my full identity in my children. I have to figure out who I am because I'm the only person that can do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nobody else can do that. Nobody else can go, well, this is who you are. And, right. uh, if you get lost in your kids when they're gone, then who are you? If you get lost in your significant other, 
if you lose them or if you walk away from that or if there is a time where you're alone, then who are you? And so figuring it out in a safe place with people who love you, who support you is the best thing that can happen. It really is. It really is. And I think, again, you nailed it because and you're I was a young mom in my 20s um and then Alan and I getting together very young like I said he stepped right into role of dad Mm -hmm. you know he was he was not a father he stepped into a dad role and that was amazing and that's Mm -hmm. it took a it takes it takes someone special really to do that you know and then in our 30s again we had another um another new baby so Mm -hmm. like the 20s and 30s were just kind of, they're blur. There yeah. was a lot that happened. It's survival. Lot, we, survival, yeah. We overcame so much that we were just, it was, you do, you feel kind of lost. And mm-hmm. so now both of us, where our children are older, um, we're in a really good space in life. We're, you know, we're our healthiest, we're our happiest. It's like, you really do get to see what it's all about, you know, mm-hmm. being strong and healthy and having that you know, confidence. true enjoyment, what you're doing, confidence. Yeah. 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 It's, it's almost like, it's almost like the contentment of relief. It's, yeah. it's like, I am okay. And I'm actually better just being myself. Um, yeah. And once you kind of figure that out, it is, uh, it's easier. It's so much easier because you're not trying so hard to find approval from other people. Sure. You're just trying to be a better version of yourself each day. Um, right. And then when you have somebody alongside of you supporting you in that and saying way to go and and giving you that pat on the back, like you, you just – like in your world, you just got a new PR. You just like, there are all of these things right. that you get to walk along somebody and go and be their cheerleader and their right. foundational support. And it's, it is, whether you're doing the same thing or something completely different, it doesn't discount the ability that you have to support them. It, it, totally. And yeah. the importance it is to that person. hmm Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you really show that support and you show that encouragement and that interest in what maybe they're doing, it really does give, um, them validation, your partner or your, whatever your spouse that it, it all, it validates like how important it is to them is just as important it is to me. And so we, we both have been really, um, able to do that the last few years, which has been it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. You know, like you said, you really get to, that's why I said my forties are my favorite. I know, I know. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. What is yeah. your, what would you say your favorite meal is right now? Because Alan's a pretty good barbecuer. Oh my God. He's my favorite. Yeah. He, I, <laughs> I can't even barbecue because I don't even want to, cause I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I actually said to him, I said, um, maybe we should get a gas grill because I literally have no idea how to light his smoker. I mean, I know the smoker is just like a turn on with whatever, but I, it's funny because I never, when I'm with Alan, I never pay attention to directions. I never pay attention to where we're going. I never pay attention how something works because if he's doing it, then I'm like, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like, I don't know how to work the smoker or the, the electric smokers because that's that's what he does best yeah so. that works but, it works out nicely yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, anything barbecue. He does a great job. Like, so um, we love the backstrap because in the moment he brings it inside and he's slicing away, <laughs> we are all over it. The three of us, myself, my son and, and our daughter, because we just, we can't wait. We can't wait to, to eat it. So yeah. it doesn't even make it to the plates. It doesn't make it to the table. We basically have like uh, <laughs> potatoes and a vegetable. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've eaten all the meat. <laughs> yeah, because we've eaten all the meat. So it's our favorite. It's our favorite too. We have really, we got lucky this year. Tennessee is so much different and uh, I've told Alan this a couple times and people just can't believe it. We have so many deer here that yeah. you can take three doe a day during hunting season. Wow. I mean, we were driving home last night and it was a full moon yeah, and pretty gorgeous moon, but it yeah. had all of the deer out. And so we were creeping and crawling down our back roads to the house because there were deer everywhere everywhere. And so we have the opportunity to be able to take uh, out and plus with four hunters, we got, we got eight deer this year. We were able to donate two and keep seven or keep six. Look, I can't even do math. Um, So that's six times two. That's 12 backstrap pieces for the year. Um, Yeah. So we get the opportunity to be able to freeze and keep throughout the whole year a lot of the backstrap and That's get, amazing. get to try it in different ways and things like that. And so I'm like, Alan, you need to come down here for deer season. <laughs> oh, for sure. So that's the one thing I will say about hunting. So if from his, our, my experience for, from his, you know, hunt past hunting, mm-hmm. um, is it's, it's pretty much a delicacy here because it's once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. So we kind of like, it's, it's hard to say, okay, what, what night do you want to have this, um, you know, backstrap because this is, I only have this many. Right. So when it's gone, it's gone. And our love language, like when we're with friends, our love language is let's feed. We want to feed you. We want to yes. hug you. want Well, I want to hug you. And then Alan wants to feed you. So mm-hmm. like, that's our love language is, <laughs> is through food and you through are drink. our kind of people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to, you know, squirrel it away when mm-hmm. you have friends or family you want to share it with. So no, that's a hundred percent. And that we, yeah. we are like that with other uh, things that we hunt where we save it a little bit more, but uh, just with, the sheer amount of deer we have, I think it's mainly because we have more hunters in the family now. We used to go the year with just one deer when Chip was hunting. And then when I started hunting, we get two or three. And then the kids came on and we've been able to bump up just a little bit more. So we do have the ability to donate. Um, we, I got a roadkill deer this year, Jen. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it was, I didn't get much off of it, but I got those back straps. You would be, <laughs> it was. I think I saw that. Uh-huh. I think it was, I was like, yeah, you go, you go, girl. <laughs> I just don't believe in wasting a life that's lost. Um, I know. I just And if don't. it can be salvaged, mm-hmm. then why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, what did your kids think the first time venison was put on the table? Well, at first we were all really grossed out. 
Yeah. <laughs> At first we were like, um, we're not going to try that. But, but we, so it, it's, it's funny because Alan had said it makes it so much more enjoyable for him to hunt knowing that we enjoy yes. the, the meat. It's because true. if we didn't, not that he wouldn't still enjoy it and probably still do it. It just would make it a little, there'd be like a, that little piece of the hunting heart that would be unfilled, right, you know, right? because we love to eat it. It makes it more satisfying for him as well. Yeah. Um, but the first time I was like, do not be bringing no brains and no ears and no hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no livers. Mm-hmm. I don't want no paws. Don't bring any of that funky crap in here. Cause it ain't happening. Yeah. And, but when I got to really, um, learn the process and the, uh, again, the parts of the animal and in right. my, I think between him and my daughter, they love like, I don't, I, I think they love some of the organ meats together, which good for them. Yeah. <laughs> I have not ventured past the heart. I am not yeah, I think- a liver kind of person. Uh, so, yeah. okay, Jen, I have a question for you. I, I kind of want to know if you had a suggestion for a spouse or a significant other or somebody that was supporting a new hunter in their home, what would be one or two things that you would tell them is vital to being that, that supportive person for hunting? I believe learning the process. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, again, that was really important for me. And the again, learning how much respect Alan had for the animal and for the actual and for nature and for the hunt Mm -hmm. that really was, um, that was really important, uh, an important part of the process for me because I understood what he was doing out there. You know, um, I think that's definitely important. And, um, I guess I think the other thing would just be, you know, try to try to play a part in that with them, Mm -hmm. you know, try to support that passion that they have for learning to become a new hunter or learning to, um, provide for their family. Cause that's really what, if, if, when Alan had explained it, it was like that piece was just so important for him. He mm-hmm. felt that need and desire to want to provide for his family. And then that was putting food on the table. Yeah. So, um, that was really probably two of the two pieces of advice that I have is try to become part of the process. And again, I don't, I'm not part of the hunt. I'm not part of, um, going out there with him, but I do know, you know, I do listen to his stories. I listen to how it happens and, and I, and I want to support his passion, Yeah, you know, because ultimately it provides, it does provide for us. Right. It does it, but I had never thought about, that first part that you had said, be a part of that process and learn it. I think that educating yourself alongside of somebody else, even if you don't ever go out ever, 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 it at least gives you an inkling, a hint to what they are doing to what their passions are. I, I mean, if chip chip used to collect beer, Like he used to collect, he used to go to a beer club. He used to collect all this beer. And I was like, I was a Zima girl. Like (laughs) take me back to Zima's and Jolly Ranchers. And so it was, he then would come home and he would want to educate me on beer. Right. And I would sit there and go, okay. 
I could sit here and ignore him or say, hey, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I could sit here and say, you know, this is your thing. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Or I could sit there and listen to it and I could learn alongside of him. And I became a little bit more of a connoisseur of beverages that were higher gravity. And it was kind of one of those collector things that he did for a short amount of time, but we both respect the process of a good beer or a good brewery. Yeah. 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 And so I I think that it goes hand in hand with whatever, it doesn't matter what they are doing, what the people in your life, it doesn't matter what they do, what they love. You've got to be a part of that because if you don't, then you're not supporting at all. And that shows them that you don't want to be a part of what they love. And that's not a partnership. Right. And there, and you know, there are, there's a cutoff before that too. Like he knows when my brain has had enough processing of a hundred percent of hunting talk. (laughs) You know, like I can look at him and I'm like, okay, this is the shut off. This is Mm -hmm. where I'm done. I need to go. I need to go learn about, you know, something else right now. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so and he, and the, and equally it's him having the respect for like, okay, I, she really took in a lot today of what I did and what I told her. So this is, this is where it's enough of, of chatting about this topic for tonight you know yeah or let me listen to what your passions are let me listen to what you learned and right and what it's it is completely a give and take it's not all giving and it's not all taking it's it's a little bit of both absolutely absolutely so it's it's again it's all a learning process too Mm -hmm. you know we we learn together we learn how to uh, again be re respectful or mindful of each other's passions and what we love and Mm -hmm. to listen to each other's success or stories or, you know, triumphs or, or struggles. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, work through it together because it isn't, it's, it really isn't fun when you don't know what the other person's even talking about and you just want to share that joy with them. So I would say I've got one suggestion for hunters. If you are in a relationship with a non-hunter, know the boundary. For sure. Know that boundary of what is okay to talk about, what is okay to show, and what you need to be able to hold back on. And it's kind of like what you were talking about, not being able to see the videos, but being able to listen. And so knowing where that boundary is comes not just from us as hunters learning it, but we won't know it unless you guys communicate that with us. And so um, I think it really does go back to the, the bare bones of communication and, and being open to listening um, right. and then growing and pushing through that. Oh, 100%. Because if Alan was, he's not a graphic describer of his stories, mm-hmm. but if he were to be graphic about something or if he were to shove a look at, Hey, let me show you something and not, not being mindful of what he was about to show me and knowing that it bothered me, like that would be at the end game right there. I'd never want right. to talk about it again. Right. I would be, that would be a dis- disconnect. I'm all done. I don't care. I've asked you, this is, this bothers me, but because I've said that, because I say, I'm not ready to see it. I know it's, 
it's ethical. I know it's clean. I know it's, um, there isn't, you know, you're not, it's, it's all of these things, but I still do not want to see it right, yet. Right. You know? So it yeah. does it. And again, and then the little details that really make a difference is like I said, if he were to put something in his stories that he knew would bother me because I watch his stories, mm-hmm. he would be like, you know, I posted some stuff. You probably don't want to check out my stories today. Just yeah. skip it. I'm like, thank you. You know, yeah. thank you. That means a lot to me. So mm-hmm. It's just that open communication. And so if sure. if we are being listened to by non-hunters who are supporting hunters or hunters who yeah. have non I have a sister who does not hunt, who does not like guns, who does not want to know all about that process. And so it is something that I have had to learn from her is how to respect that. How do right. I still be myself and still be passionate and still be excited about things and be able to tell stories, but not completely create this division between us. And so it's been a little bit of um, trial and error. It has been, okay, how much, how, what, where is that line? And Mm -hmm. uh, there has been, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I did. I might have taken it too far right there. It offended you. Um, I should be respectful because I know that it's not comfortable for you. Um, right. So it, it, it's forgiveness. It's giving grace that it's a learning process for everybody, but it is listening and hearing what they're saying and then acting on it. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and what's really cool throughout this as well, like I said, when he first decided he wanted to hunt with a bow, um, we did classes together and I love them. So I really enjoyed learning how to use the tool. I just didn't want to use the tool to hunt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and again, like he's, he's recently gone into, you know, hunting with um, rifle and I really truly enjoy you know, guns and, and learning how to use them and shooting them. I'm just not ready to use that for a hunt. So right. like we were, were able to find some common ground where we did enjoy doing that piece together, but mm-hmm. I don't enjoy, you know, I'm not ready for the, the next level, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And that's perfectly fine. We're just right. glad right. to have there. There's a definite difference between anti-hunters and non-hunters. And then yep. our non-hunters are divided then into those who have hunters in their life that they support or those who haven't yet been educated into that or haven't had an experience with that. And so anybody who is in that side of it, who has never had an experience with it, that's where you have to tread lightly. That's where you have to be respectful because you don't want to turn a non-hunter who hasn't had experience with it into an an anti-hunter. That's the last thing. And I very well could turn into a hunter and that's Mm -hmm. what Obviously, he would be over the moon if I would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would be thrilled, you know. He yeah. and it's he would just be thrilled to have me sit out in nature. So we've always enjoyed hiking. We've always enjoyed the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always enjoyed the outdoors. So to like have that next level where he's described peace and the quiet and the serenity of being out in yeah. the woods and just. And then to have me there with them, that's just, he would be so thrilled. So Mm -hmm. it's not, 
because I've, because I've learned so much alongside with him because I've, I've seen the ethical practice and the respect for the animal and the respect from, you know, nature, because I've seen that, um, because I've seen that process and he's shielded what I've asked him to shield away from me. I'm definitely, it's still on the table. I'm just mm-hmm. like not ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell no. people all the time, I'm not trying to make you a hunter. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. That is not, it would be awesome to have you on a hunt with me. Like I would love that, but I'm not sitting here today going, ah, you need to hunt. You need to go out with him. You need that. Like I need to pressure you into that because that's not the goal. The goal is to continue to support you in supporting him. Right, right. If one day you decide to go out there, I will be like bells and whistles jumping up and down. (laughs) I'll make sure I give you the call. I'll be like, let's go. (laughs) I will do it. I promise I will send you a video with like, I will put a tutu on or something. Like I will celebrate (laughs) you doing that. But... My goal today is not that. It is not to change you into one. It is just to support who you are in his process right now and in yours. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, and that's, again, where, you know, right now is kind of his, right now is is kind of off season. There Mm -hmm. isn't really, I mean, there's preparation work. He's going to be doing some tomorrow. So, for instance, you know, he gets out of work tomorrow. He's it's Saturdays and Sundays. He has a very short weekend due to his work schedule. So Mm -hmm. he's got, he's investing some time tomorrow to go meet with a friend and help do some preparation work for, you know, for hunting season. And so, but that's okay because I know like that's important to him. So, you know, and I I don't want to use the word allow because that's gross. There's no allowing because that's not even, I don't agree with that word in a marriage, but, um, you know, we are given that, I'm giving him that space to go do that, but we're going to, we still have our, the rest of our weekend together. So, but he also, you know, gives that support for me to do the fun things that I like, whether it's go out the ladies or spend my endless hours at my gym. Cause that's my, that's where my family is. My second family. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you said, give and take. So Mm -hmm. it is, it very much so is. And that's how you make it work. Well, what are some of your goals for this year? Um, so again, I really would love to go and sit on a hunt. I probably would start somewhere with like a turkey. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Because I just feel like that would probably be a good, a good place for me to get started. But again, it would be just to really sit out in nature and, and soak it all up because I'm a super nature. I'm super, I'm super in tune with nature. I love being outdoors. I, um, you know, so that would be something special. So that's a goal. Um, and then just to continue to watch him grow as a hunter and really, again, providing us that meat to table, mm-hmm. which is just super, super special. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the goals with him. And then I have my own, you know, personal goals as, as a mom. And I have a, you know, I work with my sister-in-law, who's an amazing human being. So working with her has been a, a you know growing goal. I still have you know my doTERRA oil business. Um, I'm doing some Olympic lifting training. Yes, you oh, are. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm super excited because my goal is to compete. You know, and that's what I'm I'm working towards. And 
I, I am, I'm very competitive and I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel, I support yeah. you in that endeavor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's very exciting. I am, a, I am very competitive. So that's another, you know, another perk for Alan and I too, is when we do do these, uh, uh, sports is mm-hmm. hunting is considered a sport, correct? I think it goes back and forth. I think you've got okay. the sport of it, which usually uh, it go it depends on what. Is that another topic for another night, probably. <laughs> but no, I think it depends on your reason behind hunting. If it's for right, okay. putting food on the table, I would probably not call it a sport. If you are like trying to get a certain number of the species of turkeys, then I would kind of put that into a sport. You also got sporting dogs, hunting, that kind of thing. So I think it has its own. We would both have to probably investigate that. I think that there are sub levels to all of it. Well, in, in fairness, Alan's never called it a sport either. Yeah. So I guess you could say it's I a lifestyle. It. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a it's it's something that brings him, you know, happiness and joy. So it's it's definitely something we'll continue to both grow and in mm-hmm. what we're doing and what what makes us happy and we have a lot of passion behind. And um, yeah, that's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great year. I know it's gonna, gonna be a good year. year. It's gonna be a great yeah. year because next year around this time, you guys are gonna we're coming to Nashville. Yes. <laughs> yes, we, you are. We're gonna make that trip. We're gonna make that trip. <laughs> we're For gonna sure. make it happen. It's gonna be great. Sure. Um so I can't wait at some time sometime in the next 365 days, I'm going to hug your neck and it's going to be awesome. I know. Yeah. I can't wait. I, like I said, before we got started, I feel like I already know you. It's I just know. so crazy. <laughs> it's so amazing how social media can connect, you yeah. know, human beings that have never met before, but yet you feel like you've known them forever. So. I know. I know. And they're the, they're the relationships that you begin to build that, you know, if social media were to crash tomorrow, yeah, that those relationships would remain. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, well, I can't what wait for we that. Use? We would have to use like MySpace or something. <laughs> <laughs> We'd take it back old school um, to AIM messaging. Um, yes, I would have to send some AIMs. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Thank you. I think we just did it ourselves. (laughs) We just did big time. I am very thankful for your time tonight. And I tell people how they can follow you. I, so I'm on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I, um, would love to, I I've been sharing my Olympic lifting, uh, training on, on Instagram. So it's uh, go see Jen, which is also my name for my essential oils. So Mm -hmm. if anybody would love to follow me there and just kind of watch my journey. I share, I share all the, the, you know, the struggles along the way too, cause it's, it's a it's learning real. process. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's real. Yeah. They ain't all pretty, but they're definitely getting much better and I'm getting stronger and that's what makes me really happy and proud. So, well, I, I applaud the authenticity. Um, you are, you are somebody that I respect big time. So um, thank you, Amy. I was thank you. Humbled to have you on today, and you guys go follow Jen. Thank you, Amy. It was so I'm feel honored to be on your podcast. So thank you for inviting me. This was a ton of fun. Yay.